0: Welcome to Growing Woman. Uh, I am your host, Christina Singh, and this is a show all about uplifting and amplifying women's voices and stories. I am so excited that you are joining me today. We took a break last week because I had and still have a gnarly ear infection, Um, but it was even gnarlier last week. So thank you for joining me again this week. And Oh boy, do we have an episode for you today. I am so, uh, I know I say this every week and it's so annoying, but I am so excited about this episode and have been for so long. Um, this episode is with my dear friend, Rachel Vokley Kuhlman, and I cannot wait for you to hear it because it is all about creativity creativity in your business creativity in your life finding how you are creative because yes you are creative and embracing that rachel is a creativity coach and she got her master's degree in creativity which Yes, actually does exist. And I took a course that Rachel launched as her master's project all about helping small business owners or people who have small business ideas um, embrace their creativity, come up with creative solutions to a goal, wish or challenge. And the best uh, thing that happened out of this is not only did I gain uh, a sisterhood in these women who also joined this program with me, um, but I met Rachel. (laughs) And now that you're going to meet Rachel, you are going to see just how brilliant this woman is. You are going to be able to hear all of these incredible resources she talks about. This is a woman to watch and It's going to be a love fest during the show. We mentioned it at the top because Rachel, um, I fully believe, is going to change the world with her work. And she is just so insightful. She's so soothing and calming in her approach. She celebrates diversity and really was very mindful about... Her program and her business, Joybrick, that she has now launched. Um, and it is just so incredible to hear her speak around creativity and community and leadership and how you are creative. Uh, you just need to figure out where that energy flows for you. So enjoy this episode because. I know I had the best time talking to her. I was just sitting there and I was like, this is the best. And I'm so excited. Um, enjoy this episode with Rachel. And if you want to be in touch with her, there is information in our show notes about how to be in touch with her. I highly recommend working with her and I highly recommend taking her creativity course. It really changed the changed the trajectory of how I am viewing my life, my business, my creativity, how I approach things. Um, I cannot recommend her enough. And I really hope you enjoy this episode. I'm going to just launch right into this conversation with Rachel. Enjoy.
1: Just have a to see your face.
0: Me too. Oh my God. I already know we don't have enough time. Let me enough. just say that at the top of the show. <laughs> I already know we don't have enough time. Um, Rachel. I, it feels weird like introducing you, but like welcome to Growing Woman. I am so excited to have you here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It is honestly an honor. Like I could not be more excited. And I'm so excited to do this with you. So thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Yay! I'm so excited as well. I've been waiting so long. I think we both have just been waiting so long to get on this show together <laughs> yes. and to have this conversation. And um I I'm so excited for people to get to know you some more and to learn about what you're doing and um, how you've impacted my life. And I just want to warn people up top this is going to be a love fest. Uh, I just already know it's going to be. There's a lot of love here. It's a lot of love here. Yes. So um, I met you through a mutual friend of ours, Christine, mm-hmm. and she uh, knew I was putting together this show. She, you know, is one of my best friends and um, she worked with you and um, we actually worked at the same organization, um, but did not know each other in, and we have often joked that we have the same brain because we both um, work in the nonprofit sphere you used to work in the nonprofit sphere Um, and now you are on your own (laughs) and um So she sent me a post that you had created, an Instagram story, um, talking about a beta course for um, creatives, specifically women and um, people who identify as women of color um, or BIPOC. You were very um, much wanting to connect with BIPOC individuals and basically launch a course or a beta project leading into a course around creativity. Mm-hmm. And um, what happened from my experience was life-changing. <laughs> and I think potentially from your experience was life-changing. Yes, that's so uh, true. Yeah. <laughs> but we embarked on nine weeks,
1: mm-hmm, nine
0: weeks. a nine-week course. Um, how many women were in there?
1: There's seven. Seven. And okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. So eight of us. Um, we, I, I don't think any of us really knew what to expect. Maybe yourself. Included.
1: I did not. No, <laughs> that was the whole point. I was like, we're going to see how this goes. It could end up terrible, but it ended up being amazing. So It ended
0: up being amazing. So, uh, you basically held space for, um, people who had a business idea or small business owners to tap into a goal, wish, or challenge that they had with their business Mm -hmm. and really use this community to help work through that goal, wish, or challenge. But the thing that really was life-changing for me was identifying how uh, we are creative and how how we think creatively and what that means for us personally. So... I wanted to dive into you, into this with you today to talk about what this is, like what you created and how you created it. And um, I really want to dive into like, what are these types of creativity, you know, sections? I don't even know how to say it. Um, (laughs) How are people creative Uh, and, and just really dive into everything we talked about because I truly think you are going to change the world (laughs) with with like Uh. the way that you, you. (laughs) I I really believe that like the way that you approach creativity and the way that you approach entrepreneurship. So I have been talking for too long. So I want you to, (laughs) I would love for you to share, um, you know, with our listeners, what exactly did you put together and how did that happen?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I'm so glad you had such a good experience with it. I asked Christina, like, I really did not know what I was doing when I started, but that's like half of it, right? You just got to do it. So I started... I guess I should back up a little bit and kind sure. of say like maybe how I like even stumbled into this. So I um, was feeling, as Christina mentioned, I was, you know, in the nonprofit field for about a decade and loved it, but I also just felt a little bit lost and that like something was missing. So I got invited by a group of um, two uh, friends of mine who are starting a plant shop here in Buffalo called Daddy's Plants. You should go check them out if you're ever in Buffalo. They're wonderful. And uh, I stepped into this room that had like white, you know pieces of big pieces of whiteboard and post-its everywhere and I was like okay what the heck is this and it was one of those like brainstorming sessions and we've all done a brainstorm right we've all done a brain dump and we've written down our ideas and we've used post-its and all that jazz but this was like electric this was like a two-hour deep dive electric experience that I had never encountered before and it was with one of these um it was a homework assignment that the facilitator was doing for their graduate program, this this creativity and change leadership master's program. And I left it being like, first of all, you can get a master's degree in creativity. Like, what? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's amazing. How do I sign me up? And literally I signed up and six months later <laughs> I was in my first course. And second, it was just so powerful to see how... Um, how this could affect change in such a short amount of time, especially with small business owners. And a lot of times, you know, when you're talking about like corporations and things like that, that have access to this type of facilitation, that's amazing. And that can really change the game for those corporations. But as I was going through the program and practicing my own facilitation and presentation skills, I wanted to work with small businesses because I saw the power on the grassroots level of what that could create. And obviously coming from that nonprofit background, that social justice, um, passion that really kind of played into it and seeing the economic and, um, social difference that that could make for a small business, that like yeah. having that strategic session, because it's a, such a lonely thing to be a small business owner, right? Like in a lot of ways, you're kind of on an island in some regards. Um, so be able to come into community and build that with innovation, there's just a lot of power in that. So I was doing these, these facilitations and um, with friends who are owning small businesses in the the Buffalo area. And then of course the pandemic here, right? Mm-hmm. And then I also gave birth to my daughter in April, which was like <laughs> at the height of it, but it was not a great time.
0: (laughs) Yeah. April, 2020, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, all these things kind of came to a head. And I had really no idea when I started this program, I had no idea what I was going to do with it. I was like, I could work in nonprofits and Um, but what I started to realize as a mom, especially was like the freedom that having a small business is able to provide in a lot of ways, Um, especially for a lot of when COVID struck a lot of parents, you know, had to stay at home. With their kids, yeah, um, and COVID disproportionately affected uh, the BIPOC community, um, oh, women, and I was just kind of sitting back and watching that happen and being like, but what can we do, right? Like, how can creativity um, come into play here? Like, what ways can we use creativity to um, build equity and empower these groups to, um, to strengthen their resolve, to strengthen their business um, and come up with um, some innovations, innovative solutions to their, to what they're facing. Um, And, you know, I think a lot of people think creativity is like kind of a luxury. It's like an innovative thing. Like if we look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's like at the top with self-actualization, but I I also believe that creativity can help. um, Thinking through creative solutions can also help us with our basic needs, like trying to keep the lights on. Um, And at the end of the day, there are certain things that creativity can't do, but I do think that um, coming together in community can help build up resources and build up um like a brain trust that can help work through some of those problems that folks are facing. So this this is a long story. But basically No, listen,
0: I want to say to our (laughs) listeners, this is a free show and you've already gotten so many (laughs) amazing nuggets right now. Like (laughs) just wait. So kind. (laughs) I love you. Um, I love
1: (laughs) I will keep going. So You know, I'm I'm going through twenty twenty, I'm a new mom. I realize like as a person in the workforce myself that I think, you know, I wanna keep going as much as I can with it. But I had this kind of like dream set on my heart that I was like, I think I think this this small business is something that i could do myself and i can help other small businesses and so and i can have the freedom and flexibility to stay home with my own daughter right because it's 2020 or 2021 now and we still haven't figured out like child care right like that's that's a whole other show discussion right 100 (laughs) yes and i'm super privileged right like i have a husband who works full-time and I, i come at this with a lot of privilege i recognize um but in that like how do i use that privilege to um To help others too. So I have this kind of idea. Well, what if we got a group of business owners together and went through the creative problem solving process together and learned about it? But also, um, you know, we're taught in creative problem solving in my master's program. Usually the way we do a brainstorm is that we have the facilitator who's like myself, who's a referee, they don't get into the content, right? That's like number one rule, like don't get into the content. You have a client who is typically like the business owner in this instance. And then you have a resource group, which is about five to seven other people. And the idea behind that is that it's people with a really diverse set of backgrounds, because if you have everybody who thinks exactly the same, you're going to get the exact same ideas, right? So the idea Mm -hmm. in creativity is to celebrate diversity and have a wide range of folks um, from different backgrounds. And so um, I was talking to a friend who had gone through a couple of my facilitations, and they were like, hey, let me know when you're doing another, another facilitation, because I'd love to be a resource group member. And I never thought of the value of being in a room and helping someone else go through their Goal Wisher Challenge, right? Mm, yeah. And so that's kind of where this idea for the Dare to Create Launchpad, which Christina went through, um, that's what I called it. This cohort of seven small business owners, and the idea was to um, the intro kind of course, if you're the intro night, was introductions and then like an overview of creativity. The second uh, week was to go over foresight, which we can talk about a bit more, which is kind of an assessment um, that it's not a personality assessment. It's an assessment that um, reveals the way that your cognitive thinking preference. And we'll talk about what that actually means. Totally. That sounds like a bunch of jargon. (laughs) Um, And I get really nerdy about stuff. So I got to like, pull it back. Oh, no, it's the best. Okay, cool. I'm like, gonna just pull my glasses up a little. (laughs) No, but I I think
0: what was incredible about this is that none of us really knew what to expect. And none of us really knew, um, you know, how this uh, creative thinking process and and how this might look. uh, And the power of that. Group that resource group, and yeah. so basically on week three, um, I was the first person <laughs> that went. <and laughs> Christina,
1: so brave, <laughs> and you are so brave,
0: <laughs> thank you. And it was very scary, especially because it was around an idea. I didn't have an established business, and I just needed you know this resource group to help me work through various aspects of this idea, and um. It was so helpful to go through the motions of this process um, because we went through these four stages with everyone and having this group think, this think tank, uh, like you said, um, compiled of, from of people from diverse backgrounds was just so helpful in hitting every point in each part of the process that you weren't necessarily, you know, thinking of or just having this resource group to come up with ideas as a small business owner you were saying earlier, it's a very, uh, small, uh, you know, isolating feeling sometimes going through a new idea or going through a goal, wish or challenge and not really having people to turn to, to help or to, uh, lean on and have a support system, you know, around this idea. So, Can you talk about, um, you know, those four phases and, and, you know, this foresight, um, process that you, you really, um, facilitated us through what is foresight? What is all of that? You know, what is this process? How does it look?
1: Sure. This program that I was in, this master's in creativity was founded in the 50s, 60s by a gentleman called Alex Osborne. And he was an ad executive who came out of BBDO in New York City. So if you watch Mad Men, that's kind of what the the, the firm was based off of, right? (laughs) So he came to Buffalo and he was like... Um, he basically is the first person to coin the term brainstorm, right? We've been brainstorming since since like humans existed. Um, It was like fight, flight, freeze, slash create, like brainstorm, because we had to like get out of the cave, right? So it's something we've always done, but he kind of did it in a very deliberate way and wrote a whole book about it called Applied Imagination. And that's basically what started this entire program in Buffalo that now people from all over the world come and learn. And so he built this... um, this creative problem solving process that has now gotten boiled down to four steps um, as Christina alluded to. And so my department chair, Dr. Gerard Puccio who's incredibly brilliant um, came up with this foresight assessment um, or it's based on his research, right? And so it boils down to these four steps. The first being, Clarification, which is where you are really trying to figure out what you're trying to solve. What is the problem you're trying to solve? Because you can go off and do a whole brainstorm about, you know, what are all the ways that I can market my product? But if you, if that's not actually the problem of that you're trying to solve if the if it's not about marketing but it's actually about the product itself then you kind of just wasted a bunch of time right going after the wrong problem and so a lot of the meat and potatoes of creative problem solving is in clarification right like really defining what you're trying to solve the second stage is ideation which is where that classic brainstorming comes in so um that is where you're coming up with the ideas, you're you're using, um, we call it divergent thinking, right? So in divergent thinking, and you're using divergent and convergent thinking in all of these steps, but especially in ideation. Divergent thinking is we're deferring judgment, we are building off of other people's ideas, we are seeking wild and unusual ideas, and um, you know, we are striving for quantity because the last third, this is like so nerdy. I'm like getting real into no, it, with the I research. Love it. The research tells us that the last third of the ideas that you come up with when you're brainstorming is where the gold is. Like when you think you've come up with all the ideas you can, if you can stretch that ever bit so much more, that's where the gold is. That's where th- some of the most innovative ideas can come from. And so that's, you know, in the ideation phase, that's like where those classic brainstorming um, is happening. But right. then we want to actually Actually, get off Brainstorm Island, right? Like, it's super awesome when you go to those meetings and you come up with all those ideas, or you're sitting down and you're like having your latte and you're like, "Okay, I'm gonna come up with like all these ideas." Well, it doesn't matter if you come up with ideas if you don't do anything with them, right? (laughs) So we got to keep we got to keep on going, and so we roll into development, which is where we're polishing and refining those ideas. We're really weighing the pros and cons. if those ideas are going to work and what are some of the challenges that we might encounter and how can we overcome those challenges? And we're using a lot of like positive affirmations when we're coming towards it, because a lot of times in creativity, we shut down an idea really quickly because we're just like, well, that's not going to work, right? Like how many times have, I mean, I've done that, right? Like I'm super guilty of that. So development allows us to stop and kind of pause and say, well, this is a great idea. What's great about it? What's What's the challenge about it? And what can we do to overcome that challenge so we don't just shut the idea down altogether? Right. And then we move into uh, implementation, which is where we actually build out a a to-do list, our action plan, our what are we going to do in three weeks? What are we going to do in three months? What are we going to do in six months? And you actually build out this is what I'm going to do. This is who I'm accountable to. This is the to-do list that I have in order to hold myself accountable to make this happen. Yeah. And so the creative problem solving process, those, those four steps, and they kind of move in like a cycle, but you can kind of enter in at any given point um, depending where you are in the problem. Right. And a lot of times in our group, we started in clarification because that's yes. where a lot <laughs> of us lived. So there's this assessment called foresight, um, which I was alluded to. So um is based in the research of Alex Osborne and then Dr. Puccio of those four steps. And so what it says is that all of us are creative. That's like a, that's a full stop. Like anyone who's listening, like you are creative whether you believe it or not, everybody is built with creativity. We all have these natural tendencies and preferences for um, one or more of those four steps of the creative problem-solving process. So for right. myself, I'm a huge clarifier and ideator. So I love asking a lot of questions. I love to come up with a lot of ideas, and then when I actually have to come up with the ideas and like move forward with it, I kind of lose energy. It has nothing to do with whether I'm good or not at. Um, you know, developing and implementing, it has nothing to do with my ability. It has everything to do with like where I get energy. So like an introvert or an extrovert at a party, right? Like an introvert's probably like not jamming at a party. They're like hanging in the corner with me and we're like eating off the snack table and be like, please don't (laughs) talk to me. Right. Or like, I'm having a (laughs) one-on-one conversation. I'm petting cats. I'm like, what's on the refrigerator? What's going on? This is a great calendar. Where'd you get this calendar? Oh my gosh. I I love love this calendar. calendar. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Same thing with our creativity. So there are certain steps that we get a lot of energy in, and there's some steps that kind of zap our energy. Um, And so I I can't remember, Christina, if you're willing to share, I can't remember what your preferences were, if you're willing to share. So
0: I was going to say, I am an ideator. You're an ideator, that's right. I am a huge ideator, and I was not shocked after I took that assessment. I was like, "Um, yeah, I have so many ideas in my phone, (laughs) um, and my weakness is implementing. And so- for me, and, and it's not a, weakness, where, you have lower, my, yeah, where so I, I have, have lower, lower energy. energy. Sorry. Yes. You see, I'm still learning guys. Like there's still <laughs> this whole big process around this. And this is what I, where I think the beauty comes in because, uh, around creativity and around, um, entrepreneurship, uh, you know, around business, we are not, um, Supporting these four categories in a way that's positive, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And if you have lower energy in one of these four categories, that's not necessarily like honored or celebrated um, or even recognized. I think we're all supposed to be hitting every single one of these categories all the time um, with high energy. And <laughs> For me, and I I really do think for everyone else in the group as well, there was this realization of, oh, that's why I tackle these things the way I do. This is why I put this energy into my business. I know one of the other participants was an implementer and they were very um, uncomfortable during the brainstorming, like ideation part of this process. And for me, I was super comfortable in the ideation process and not comfortable during the implementation process. And it really focuses that energy, um, around a supportive environment to essentially like hold your hand through each one of these stages and say, Hey, we're all doing this together. Um, you have a bunch of people from a bunch of different backgrounds who have energy levels in each one of these different buckets Mm -hmm. who are going to show up for you and who are going to be there to support you in this journey of creating this goal, wish, or challenge into a reality. And that is what I think is so key is you know, you just heard me say my weakness. Well, it's not a weakness. Like you were saying, it's the fact that my energy is lower in this area. And so what can I do to support that ideating part of my brain and like bring it slowly into that implementer portion of my brain?
1: Yeah. That was the key that
0: was so life-changing for me because (sighs) it was essentially every step of the way we were ideating. Uh, in yeah. each one of these buckets. And mm-hmm. so for me, it's been so helpful to know if I am implementing a plan, I need to ideate around it. I need to brainstorm those small bits and pieces of how to bring that plan to life. Yeah. Um. And, you know, if I was an implementer, I would probably need to go into the ideation stage and figure out, okay, how would I, you know, how can i frame this in an implementing lens potentially or how can i maybe get some more support around this um so that really was like something that blew my mind was let's make sure we're framing this in the way that is reality like this yeah. is actually not a negative thing yeah. and everyone is creative um and I remember being on the phone with you and you saying to me, and you've already said it in this episode, that creativity celebrates diversity. Yeah. Um, so can you talk about, uh, your experience as, you know, somebody who has gone through this assessment, who is now bringing into life, this business around this process, mm-hmm. um, what you're, I know you're a clarifier and you're an ideator. So what has been your journey of finding more support in, in bringing your business life and you're going through this process for yourself? Like, how has that shaped you?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think I, you know, I just wrote this, this final paper. I just finished this program like three weeks ago, right? Yes. So I just read, I was this like, final... come
0: on the show. I love it. Um, <laughs>
1: And one of the final papers we had to write was a strategic, strategic plan, a vision and a philosophy about, you know, what we've learned over the last, I guess, for me, it was like two and a half years. Yeah. And a lot of what I kind of like realized about myself is like, I need to take my own medicine, right? Like I'm teaching creativity to Mm -hmm. other people, but I need to like, um, hold that space for myself. And so I'm really excited that the group, the Dare to Create Launchpad cohort invited, um, invited me to go through a goal, wish or challenge using them as resource group members. So yes. I'm very excited for that. Um, but I think in general, just having that knowledge, like, you know, I learned about myself as a create, as a clarifier ideator at the beginning of the program, that's like one of the first things they do is go through this foresight assessment. And having that knowledge, like you said, it's this framework that gives it a common language, we move through these steps all the time, like you have to implement, right, in order to be yeah. your main you're you're implementing right now by recording this podcast, right? Like, so whether you acknowledge it or not, you're doing it um so it's it's knowing that it's knowing that um and having that knowledge I think with any of these assessments right it's so important not to put ourselves in a box and say like well I get low energy when I implement so therefore I won't implement because that's like not helpful right it's knowing like you said is like it's knowing that about yourself so I know that like I have friends who are implementers who can hold me accountable and I can reach out to them and be like hey I'm starting this business. I need to get this. We were just talking about my website. Like I need to get this website up. <laughs> yeah. like, I, like I can't like be clarifying and ideating about like all the things I could put in and I just have to implement it. So it's having that self-awareness, knowing that I can reach out to other folks for that accountability and the steps that I have lower um, energy levels, as you were mentioning, um, and really taking my own medicine in that, that, in that process. And it's, we talk a lot about in our program, um, I was like, I'm, sh- I'm holding up a, this isn't even a triangle. This is a diamond.
0: <laughs> this is like the, JV, t- like- oh, there we go. That's what I was going
1: for. <laughs> An upside I'm saying, I got you. Thank you. And basically they say, as you learn more and more about creativity, at the top level of like kind of self-actualization, it's like um, you become a creative change leader and like it's an upside down triangle. You move up, your breadth of impact becomes greater. And so creativity, like learning about it, is kind of like learning a foreign language, right? Like, yeah. you know how you start like dreaming in a different language. You're like, oh, I'm starting to really like immerse myself. Same thing with creativity. But for me, it's knowing that I'm a clarifier ideator and knowing that that part of myself exists, but also knowing that, um, the language that I use and the way that I approach problems in the world and people, um, that, you know, that we talk about creative challenge, challenge statement starters, we did that like a million times. So instead of just saying like, well, how do I attract more customers? You say, well, what might be all the ways I can attract a customer? And that opens up the question to lots of different solutions, right? Instead of just, uh, I, I don't know where do I start, right? So I find that I'm starting to. i I have a long way to go, right? We all do, and I'm a constant. I'm a. I'm a forever student. But I think starting to incorporate that language into how I speak, like language, is so powerful, right? And the yeah. way that we approach problems is so powerful. And knowing. Um, knowing that I can approach things in a way that opens things up and allows me to use my imagination and rediscover what that looks like and allow myself to see other possibilities. That's really powerful. It's difficult, but it's powerful.
0: 100%. And I think this beautiful vision I have is, you know, when there's a problem, a goal, wish, or challenge in front of you, sometimes you can only see it in front of you and you can only see that one thing. But when you reframe that statement All of the possibilities then surround you. And it can be, you know, you're discovering so many more things when you're just reframing that question. Okay, what are all of the ways that I can tackle this one thing? Or what are all of the the things that are coming up around this one idea, and, yeah. and how can I zone in and then really go through the process? And the beauty of all of this is really knowing where your energy lies in that strength and bringing all of those other characteristics and being a part of a community. Yeah. Because something that was just so key and critical. Uh, during this process was the community aspect of it. Um, You know, we uh, whenever there was somebody facilitating, we would all go into a breakout room, and we by the end of the thing, uh, you know, by the end of the beta course, we were all like, "What happens in the breakout rooms?" <laughs> room. Like it was just,
1: you know, Which like we just to be in the breakout she room. She never got so to be yeah. sad because I was always facilitating.
0: Yes, but it was magical just such things such happened in the breakout room. Magical things. Um, yes. but it was it was this community building process and i find and i found through this you know course that i work really well in a community environment i learn very well in a community environment having female allies uh, is really important to me, and having a community, a tribe of people I can trust to go to, like you were just saying. You know, I go to my my friends who are implementers when I need that accountability or that energy in this way. Um, having that tribe and having those people to go to, I think, really became clear that that's something everyone needs and like everyone deserves, no matter what they're tapping, no matter what they're going through. When you were designing this. Um, can you talk about the community that you were hoping to achieve and like, well, why that came into play? Um, because I know you're going to be taking this into your work moving forward mm-hmm. with your company. Like this is what your passion is and what you want to be doing moving forward. So can you talk about that aspect of community and how important it is for creativity?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, creativity does not exist in a vacuum, right? Like, of course, folks can like go off into the woods and we call that incubation, right? Where you like go off or you have like, you're having your shower thoughts in the morning and that's like, it like beautiful, creative thoughts hit you. There's like a scientific like um, aspect to that. But how beautiful to create a community where deliberate c- creativity can exist. A community where, wow, say that 10 times fast. A I love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna put that in my tagline. Um, yes. No, but I think the whole point of creativity is like, yes, you can sit down and we call it brainwriting, right? Where you just write down ideas and ideas and ideas, but there is so much power in sitting in that room that first night that I went to the brainstorm and you experienced it in this group. There's so much power in being a group with like, not even similar minded folks, but like even just being a group with like other business owners who've gone through this process themselves, who know how to start an LLC, who know that like, um, you know, they have these connections here or whatever it might be. There's so much power being able to sit in an intimate group, especially especially of, you know, five to seven other business owners and say, okay, like, how do I, you know, how do I tackle social media? Like, what is all the content that I could come up with? And to be in a room with folks who are cheering for you. And like you said, being allies for you who are encouraging and who can build off of each other's ideas. There's that you, your power gets amplified and then some, um, and yes. I, yeah. And, And I think that's true of most things with community, but when you pair community with creativity, magical things happen. And I was alluding to those divergent thinking guidelines earlier, um, where you're deferring judgment, right? You're you're striving for quantity, you're seeking those wild and unusual ideas. All of those pieces really play into diversity. They play into celebrating a diverse community um, because it's so boring just if you just sat with people who all think the same way, like I said earlier. And so to come in with a group that you know, of business owners who were over all sorts of industries, right? We had like artists, we had therapists, we had like people in the food industry, we had like folks from all over. Yeah. And the ideas that this group came up with were astounding. I think in the course of, in the course of the nine weeks we had, I don't even remember how many, it was like like
0: over a thousand.
1: It was over like a thousand individual, beautiful ideas. Right. And so Imagine what could happen if you were to grow that more, and so that's kind of where my business brick is kind of coming into play. Is to holding space, as you were saying earlier, and, and building these empowering communities, um, whether it's seven people or maybe it gets into larger groups. I haven't quite gotten there yet, but holding space for that community to exist and for folks to find each other, even if they're in completely different industries, um, and use that as a as a strength and not necessarily something that like. Doesn't means that they can't connect with each other because there's just so much beauty in in that community. Hope that answers listen, your question.
0: I feel like I just want to sit here and listen to your TED talk all day. Oh my gosh, um, get out of here! I'm gonna buy your book. I'm oh. gonna be there for everything. Like I just, I could literally listen to you talk about this all day Uh, because it is just so powerful and it's so true. And you have all of these beautiful nuggets of wisdom and something that I think is just so important to talk about around this is also leadership. You are creating um, a space for people to step up as leaders because there's the moment where you are really honing in on your goal, wish, or challenge as a leader, and you are embracing your power of stating, this is what I want to do. This is the Goal Wisher Challenge. This is the energy I want to put behind this project. Yep. Yeah. That's a moment of leadership. Then yes. you have all of these other people who are matching that moment as leaders, who are saying, "Hey, we're going to step up to the table and be your community and help you, um, help lead you through this process and help it be make it a reality." Uh, and I think when We talk about this all the time on this show. Uh, You know, leadership is not a one size fits all. It is really diverse and um, creative and it doesn't look like one person or sound like one person. Um, It doesn't even feel like one person. I think what is just so important about this is identifying that energy of being a leader and, yeah. and moving it forward with a community. Uh, you know, I, I think having one person lead the way is not necessarily the right way. Having a community of people help you along. You know, when we talk about motherhood, people constantly say it takes a village. Yeah, That applies to so many other things in life. Literally
1: everything. <laughs> Literally
0: everything. And so this whole process, um, I think, is going to teach so many people to embrace their leadership skills and to embrace being a leader, because I will tell you firsthand, going through a facilitation is really nerve wracking. And you're not really because you are confronting your idea, you're confronting your vulnerability head on. Can we talk about creativity and vulnerability because yes. I feel like they go hand in hand, especially oh in this gosh. process.
1: percent.
0: I mean, I still haven't even talked to my husband about my business idea. Like oh, well, yeah. everyone knows in that group, what I'm doing. He still you know, every day he'll be like, so um, what is that idea that you <laughs> have? Um, and I'm keeping it close to my heart because I'm still developing like it, yeah. but you know what it is. A bunch of other people know what it is. And I think there's a moment of vulnerability that happens in this process as well, where you open yourself up to allow for others to see your dream
1: yes, um,
0: and to see your light and your right. energy. Can you talk about that whole process? Oh,
1: I could literally <laughs> talk about this forever because I'm obsessed Thanks. with this topic. Because when I started this program, um, I was just like, I'm not creative. I, I just didn't consider myself a creative person, which is kind of weird to like go and get your degree in it, and when you just don't really um, think that <laughs> that's not something creative. you are. I will get my master's I degree. I will get degree. my master's degree, <laughs> it was just one of those things, though, that it was like this, like you know, moment where you're like the whole universe is pushing you that direction, right? And yeah. so. The first assignment I had was to write a paper about any topic involving creativity. So my first paper was about fear and creativity because I don't consider myself a very brave person. Um, And that's something I'm working on myself. And that's something I really want to instill into my daughter and any of the future children I have, this this courage, right? And that's partly why I call it the Dare to Create Launchpad because I really wanted to focus on that. And so when we talk about creativity it's, it's the thinking skills, right? The actual going through those four steps along the way, there's these affective skills, these, these emotions that we carry through the creative problem solving process that like, I know you experienced during your, and we all did. Right. And there's this super nerdy equation for creativity, which is creativity. And this was, um, this was created by Dr. Ruth Noller, who was this like incredible badass lady from the um, from SUNY from SUNY Buffalo State where I got my degree, and she was one of like the first women working in computers like during World War II. Like she was just amazing. She was a mathematician, so she came up with the, this equation to kind of summarize it. So creativity is a function of your attitude. Multiplied by knowledge, imagination, and evaluation. So a function of your attitude. And so your attitude to me, what that equation says is your attitude is pretty much the amplifier, right? That's the, besides community, it's the great amplifier, right? It is, if you're coming into creativity with, um, a mindset of fear or, um, or just like negativity,
0: defensiveness, a, and, defensiveness, yeah.
1: whatever it might be, you're not gonna be able to create really well. And I think that that shows up in a lot of different ways. There's like scientific papers about it, right? <laughs> and so, um, Dr. Bernie Brown, you know, talking about, you know, vulnerability, she did yeah. this study where she found that 80% of adults that they interviewed said that in their childhood, they had run across somebody who had told them in their, you know, adolescence that they weren't good at like, writing or dancing or being an artist, some kind of form of creativity that they weren't good at it. And she calls them creativity scars. And so we carry these creativity scars into our adulthood. Um, There's another study that um, by Dr. George, or by George Land, and it, it was like done in cahoots with NASA. And it basically said like, I love
0: time. the word cahoots, by the way.
1: Cahoots. <laughs> spent a lot of time in the Midwest. Sorry to interrupt with NASA. you. Go no,
0: ahead.
1: that was necessary. <laughs> cahoots with NASA. If my Buffalo accent's going to count real strong. Obsessed. Um, yes. So he says we lose 98% of the creative genius we have when we're five, 98% of five-year-olds are creative geniuses. We lose almost all of that by the time we're 25, for a variety of reasons. Um, I think those creative scars are there. We try to conform. We have a school system kind of that like, by the time we're in the fourth grade, we say put away the finger paints and let's start like memorizing facts, right? So there's a lot of things at play there. Yeah. And so, that kind of plays into like us as adults. Right. So like, as we approach creativity, as I was approaching this program, I was like, I'm scared. Like, I don't think I'm brave. I don't think I can do innovative things. I don't think I can do something that no one else has done, or that seems out of the box. Um, the classic definition of creativity, something that's novel and useful. Like I didn't feel like I was capable or, um, and I still feel like that's something that I'm dealing with that I'm, I'm constantly telling myself. And that's kind of, again, where that community comes in, right? Cause yeah. your community comes in and they say, um, you definitely can do this. Like, right, Christina, like you got this, right. Hold this dream with you, but you got this. And they kind of build you up because there's a lot of fear. There's fear of the unknown. There's fear of rejection. We did a failure resume as one of yes. our like oh, learning God, opportunities. That. Yeah. So there, there's so much to that. It's not that we just create in this vacuum and it's this perfect process. There's these emotions we carry with us, um, as we, as we move through creativity.
0: 100%. And I, it, you know, what I think was so important during this process was having you number one, as the person who is leading us all through it, because, that community aspect uh, you're you're a cheerleader for all of us and you um met, you met with one of us or you met with us one on one i should say uh to really dive into what number one a facilitation would look like and also hold space for those vulnerable moments yeah. and i know i spoke to you about you know moments where i was afraid or or i was feeling you know like uneasy or not sure of things and you, you just told me that's completely normal and it's very important to hold that space and to, um, you know, be brave. And cause I don't necessarily feel like I'm a brave person either. And yet I would look at you and say, um, you're absolutely creative and brave. <laughs> and I think that having that community aspect to kind of hold us, swaddle us in, in that the cozy moment of creativity is really important because it helps us break through those emotions and get to that authentic place uh, you know where we can be our authentic selves and yeah. we can show up for ourselves and for each other um because if you know that's not the definition of community i don't know what it is like you know being really there for each other yeah. in an authentic way uh and also i think tackling fear and um shame and vulnerability head-on was really so critical during this process as well, and so critical during the creative process. And as a small business owner, I think you're always dealing with those feelings and those thoughts of am I good enough um you know I think we're all dealing with those thoughts all the time so you had us um put together a project that you called a failure resume can you talk about what that is and I you know I would love for people to know and maybe you all listening might want to try it sometime too
1: Absolutely. And I can't take credit for starting this. So, and I have to look up the, um, there's a professor at one of the major schools, um, who started it. I can't remember off the top of my head. Have well, to throw
0: notes. his info in the I'll show the notes. notes.
1: Okay, perfect. <laughs> I just don't want to take credit for something that I did not invent. But, um, so the idea is to list out your, your professional and you can include personal, um, quote unquote failures. And I put, you can't see it if you're listening, but I'm putting failure in quotation marks, right? Because um, as I learned in in my course, like fail could stand for first attempt in learning, right? So mm-hmm. we, what you consider a failure really isn't, it's just a celebration of like learning something in your learning journey that like just didn't happen to work out. And it's really hard to, to reframe that. I wrote a whole paper about creativity and failure, right? Because there's so much fear around failure and I'm dealing with that now. Again, just because I learn about it doesn't necessarily mean you're like completely overcoming right. the fear. But um, in in kind of unveiling it and unmasking it, it kind of empowers you in that process too. So I went and I, I shared my failure resume with the group. So it had a lot of, um, you know, taking jobs in the past that, um. Like I didn't really negotiate for better pay and I was like kind of young and dumb and like going after working in nonprofits where I was just like, sure, yeah, you can give me this much, like whatever. And for me, putting out those, what I would consider failures, whether personal, professional or a project that didn't work or, um, you know, a something you put out there that you don't feel like was received well, whether or not it was putting those together and then kind of fighting the themes is a very powerful practice because I think it a, allows you to see what those not shortcomings, but blind spots might be. I didn't, right. I wasn't even aware of it until I went through the, the process of doing it, but also just to say like that all happened and you're still here. You're still yeah. doing it. You're still rocking it. You're doing a failure resume. That alone is like a powerful thing, right? And yeah. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, my dog is one thousand percent howling in his sleep right now. So
0: oh, know. that's so cute. I cannot <laughs> he even hear him. Must be chasing bunnies. Yes, <laughs> that's There's amazing. He I Must love be it. chasing was like, bunnies. What is that noise? Yeah, <laughs> incredible. I
1: um,
0: I love it. Um, thank you. well, so, yeah. I I also think the failure resume for me really aligned uh, with my foresight assessment, mm. and for me, um you know, having my energy more focused on implementing or more focused on ideating versus implementing, Mm. I really found that was a theme in my failure resume was not fully completing things and not bringing things to fruition. Yeah. So, you know, it was just a friendly reminder of like, Hey, Christina, you're scared. And that's okay. And it's okay to be afraid to implement. What you now know is that you are afraid to implement. And so let's set up some things for you where you feel more supported and like you can maybe break these things up. Into easier and fun chunks. So it's not so overwhelming. And you yes. can reach out to people for support that you might need. Yeah. Ideate around things like that was very helpful for me to see that trend mm-hmm. and have my foresight assessment and realize, oh, this is where this all comes together for me. These are yeah. these this is where my energy lies and this is where my low energy lies and this is where my fear is in all of them, in in all of it really. Um yeah. so for you I'm curious uh when what sort of things did you glean from your failure resume? and like you know I know that you're starting this movement I really want to say around um, oh, I love that creativity and um, helping people through this process. So what really came out of your failure resume for you and how are you hoping to tackle that?
1: That is a great question. So kind of was alluding to earlier with like the salary negotiations, a lot of what I noticed for me was not bringing my voice to the table and Mm -hmm. really stepping back and I think a lot of it was being in roles that were I again use air quotes like supposed to be like quiet right like I was in a lot of like admin roles where you just like take notes of the meeting and you're not really like the idea is like as a polished professional you're just kind of taking the notes and not really contributing to the meeting and so I think in a lot of ways that kind of um and that's such an important role but in terms of like who I am and what I wanted to do I feel like it really shrank my capability in a lot of ways. And so for me, it was seeing that show up in different ways. So whether that was not asking for more, um, or not being, I, you know, I'm afraid of confrontation, you know, like there's Same. that piece to it. Yeah. Um, I think I get really nervous, like burdening people with things and asking for things. So a lot of it was show was showing up in like not asking for more and not being mm. more, not embracing, um, my needs. I'm, um, definitely more of like a helper, like if you follow the Enneagram, I'm like an Enneagram too, so like I think it all kind of similarly, like it all kind of fell into a pattern for me um, based on like what I already knew, and I clarify, and I like to ask a lot of questions, but I don't actually like to, you know, take action on a lot of those things, and that showed up too, right, like I also kind of didn't do the fall through I just kind of kept kept on cruise control and I didn't really step like look up to like push on the gas or step on the brake or anything like that um, until I found this program. So a lot of it was um, seeing that show up over and over again.
0: That's so interesting. And I think it's, it's really cool and pretty rad that you're now embracing that voice and like moving forward with, you know, all of these things that maybe were wrapped up in fear in some way. So what, um, what is the future looking like for you? And like, how are you moving forward with this vision that you have in your company Joybrick and, and, you know, embracing this next phase of, of using your voice in this way?
1: Yeah. So starting a business. Like that's something I would have never Yay. thought to do, but I'm so excited about it. Um so Joybrick is starting, I'm basically launching it today. Like I'm just kind of gonna put it out into the world and it's not perfect, but it's one of those things where it's like progress over perfection, um, taking, you know, messy action and just like throwing it out there as um my business coach, I hired a business coach in January, um, Stephanie from Little Scraps of Magic, who's wonderful. And so yeah. I, you know, again, talking about community, this isn't something that came out of nowhere, it, and it and it was so confirmed by going through the group. So it was this this data create launchpad was just as amazing and life changing for me because it affirmed that this was the right direction. And I can't right. ever thank you and the group members enough for the role that you played in that because you forever changed my life trajectory for that. I'm really like, oh get emotional talking about it, but I am so grateful for that. So yeah, I am starting Joybrick. And so this is a business dedicated to small other small business owners um, where I will be leading future cohorts. I'm hoping to lead a beta cohort later this summer. to just, you know, continue to refine and build out what this program looks like. So we'll kind of go through exactly what we were talking about today, that intro and um, the foresight debrief, and then going through um, Red Robin style and solving kind of like a mix between a mastermind and a curriculum. It's hard to describe what it is, right? It's not like one thing. It's out of the box. It's very creative. It is. It is. (laughs) And then, um, you know, offering up foresight debriefs and working with business owners to help them learn more about themselves and maybe how they interact with others. Um, I think that's just as powerful as you were alluded to earlier, like knowing that about yourself isn't the group is helpful, but knowing how the group is in general can be really helpful. So for business owners that work in a team, that may be helpful to them. And um, yeah, just kind of working with people and kind of organically finding my role and my niche and how I can serve business owners using the power of creativity. So Uh
0: so exciting and um i i just know you're going to be doing incredible things and so um if you are interested in you know getting in touch with Rachel to be a participant and um you know get a foresight debrief do uh you know be a part of a group that i was uh, you know a part of and um connect with her one on one as a business owner i couldn't i cannot recommend her enough uh it really truly is life-changing when you start to work with someone around the creative thinking process. And when you start to work with a group of people around this process, because, you know, there right now, there is a boom around self-help and around um, being the better, the best version of you and, you know, being an entrepreneur and, um, you know, transforming yourself and, that is all incredible. But I think when you know how your brain works (laughs) and when you know how you problem solve and you match that with how you are creative and and where your energy lies, you can then keep going and you can keep transforming and you can keep being a leader and embrace that base level of this is who I am. So I cannot recommend working with Rachel highly enough. And thank um, you. I have one last question, and I already knew we don't have enough time. I already knew that was going to be the case, but um, <laughs> You're
1: talking forever. Honestly, I could just I, it literally, just
0: quite literally. Always. I I would love to have you back so we can oh, you know maybe yes, do like a and A or like deep dive into yeah. some more stuff um, around creativity because I know you just have so many beautiful things to say. But if somebody is hesitating or they're not really sure how to embrace creativity, where would you recommend that they start? Like or or you know how to embrace the creative thinking process, like a goal is your challenge. Like where where should they start really?
1: Yeah, that is a good question. I think um well first of all there's like tons of awesome resources. Um SUNY Buffalo State like their creativity website has like just if you want like an overview of the program and what we learn about, that's great. Um, my professor, Dr. Roger Firestein has a free course um, called create in a flash that has a lot of resources about um, kind of walking through a facilitation, what that can look like. And, you know, there's so many amazing, I mean, definitely reach out to me. I'd love to answer any questions you might have. There's just, honestly, there's so many like podcasts and books out there and I could totally like list out a recommendation of that, but a lot of it, I would just say like Start with, um, start with just thinking like, those those divergent thinking guidelines I think those alone can be really powerful giving yourself the freedom to sit down and you know have an idea journal sit down and like give yourself the freedom to write down whatever ideas come to you and just notice what happens like don't don't judge your ideas try to come up with as many as you can and just keep that journal going I have like a google doc on my phone I just keep adding to it um add um you know, build off of the ideas that you already come up with and anything that you notice. And I think even in just doing that, you will see the creativity starting to flow because you're going to be looking for it. Um, And I think that that can be a really powerful exercise, but there's tons of resources out there. Um, It's really like, there is like a science behind creativity, right? Like it, a lot of, there's like a lot of myths around that creativity, like only, only certain people are born with it. I thought that like, well, I'm not a good artist. So therefore I'm not creative. Not true. Like we are all creative. We see it every day in little things. We see it in life hacks on Pinterest. You see it right. Like just in anything you do and everywhere it is everywhere. So start paying attention to where you might start seeing that um, and, and write it down. I think there's a lot of power in, in writing it down and and checking out those resources.
0: 100%. And, you know, where can people find you if they want to connect with you? If they're like, "Ah, I don't even know where to start. (laughs) How, how would I do this? You know, can I have like a conversation with you around this? Where can people find you?
1: So right now I am on Instagram at um, at underscore joybrick, and my website will be hopefully up by the end of the day. So joybrickcreativity.com, which is going to have uh, a little bit more information there. So feel free to reach out, and my email will be up there. And I'm sure you'll throw some stuff into the. Oh show yeah, we'll more. put everything in the show. Yes, notes. yeah. So in the show notes, but um, yeah, I mostly live on Instagram for now, and um, happy to connect. I'm also on Clubhouse, but haven't quite figured out how to use that yet. So <laughs> still working on that.
0: I feel like in Clubhouse to drop into like different rooms and be like where is this? where does this What's work? happening How, What's in here? happening?
1: Yes, <laughs> um, I'm learning it slowly but surely.
0: Well, I once again, I cannot recommend Rachel enough. I I Thank you. truly believe all of her programs are absolutely life-changing and I am so excited for our listeners to learn from you and work with you and um I definitely would love to have you back like I said so we can continue this conversation. Um but I I'm just so grateful for your time today. I'm so happy we got to connect and um, it's just good seeing you. <laughs> I know. I miss your face on I zoom. Face We've never too. actually met
1: in person. So we definitely need to change that, but I, I, know. I love wild. it. I love the connection and I love what the community has brought together and I could not be more grateful to like be on the show and you're such a beautiful sh- show host. And I couldn't think of a better place to start this journey. So thank you for holding my dreams in in your hands and um, being such a beautiful steward of them. So thank you.
0: Uh. I love you so much. (laughs) 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 All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Growing Woman. And just remember your voice matters, your story matters, and we will see you in the next episode. Thanks, everyone. Bye.